Hello, everyone, and welcome to the June 6th edition of WorkComp Academy Weekly News. I'm Renee Foles with Floyd, Scarin, and Kelly. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get started with our fraud report. The dancing Kia hamster is headed to jail. One of the actors who played a dancing hamster in the Kia car commercial has been charged with fraud for allegedly working while collecting state disability payments. The man accused also worked as a backup dancer for pop stars Madonna, Kelly Rowland, and Chris Brown while collecting state workers' compensation benefits. Barnes claimed he was struck and injured by a falling piece of ceiling in June 2010 while dancing for a theatrical production company. He collected $51,000 in workers' compensation benefits. Barnes also performed in a rap group while on disability. A King City man pleaded guilty to falsely obtaining workers' compensation and disability benefits. The man pleaded guilty to two counts, one count of making a false statement for disability benefits and one count for the use of false documents. Jorge Silva entered his plea under the condition he would be placed on felony probation. The man was employed as an irrigation foreman for a local ranch until mid-March of 2012 and then terminated because he was unable to renew the driver's license necessary for his job. A month after his termination, Silva alleged he sustained multiple CT injuries to his left ankle, left knee, left leg, neck, back, and right wrist during the course of his employment. On two occasions, Silva testified under oath he had not worked since his termination. The employer's comp carrier discovered Silva was working at another local farm during the time he claimed to have been unemployed. Undercover surveillance confirmed the discovery. Silva also illegally collected state disability benefits from the Employment Development Department under a Social Security number that was not his and provided different Social Security numbers to each of his employers. Restitution can be ordered in each case and can include attorney fees and the costs of the investigation. In Silva's case, the estimated restitution is about $37,000. The EDD has indicated a loss of $26,000. A nurse who worked at Kern Medical Center faces three felony charges for workers' comp fraud. The nurse, Nicole Nunes, told a doctor she was still in pain, although investigators say surveillance video showed a different picture. Nunes told her doctor she had significant pain and a worsening condition, including moderate back pain and pain running down her legs with numbness and tingling. So the doctor continued her temporary total disability benefits. However, the doctor then reviewed surveillance video from dates before and after his evaluations. On all of those days, the doctor said the surveillance showed that Nunes was able to move much easier into the driver's seat of her vehicle than she had displayed during the office visit. The doctor also said that the video did not match how Nunes had described her condition, and he thus modified her benefits. Kern County Deputy District Attorney said that workers' comp laws require recipients to report their conditions with complete truthfulness and provide all relevant information. The DA said doctors must rely on recipients' reports when it comes to pain and function levels. Nunes is alleged to have misrepresented information twice and withheld information once. 
Nunes is set to be in court on three felony charges on June 13th. And in regulatory news, according to RAND researchers, if Congress does not reauthorize the Terrorism Risk Insurance Act, or TRIA, by the end of 2014, it could significantly affect the cost and availability of workers' comp coverage. The report examines how insurers might respond if the act expires, especially in the workers' compensation markets, because states rigidly define the terms of coverage. For example, carriers cannot exclude terrorism from such policies. They cannot impose policy limits or exclude losses from nuclear, biological, chemical, or radiological attacks as a way to control their exposure. Congress passed TRIA the year after the September 11, 2011 terrorist attacks, which resulted in $40 billion of insured losses. TRIA provides a high-level federal backstop in case of large catastrophic losses greater than $100 million. This helps mitigate the impact of terrorism on the insurance markets by spreading the losses across all property and casualty policyholders. Rand researchers said that if the TRIA expires and there is not a sufficient private reinsurance capacity covering terrorism losses, then insurers could decline to provide workers' comp coverage to businesses considered high risk. Attack simulations performed by risk management solutions for previous RAND work suggest that losses in work comp could be more than $10 billion from a large conventional attack to more than $300 billion from a nuclear attack. In comparison, the September 11th attacks caused approximately $2.6 billion of work comp losses in today's currency. Plus, the probabilities of these catastrophic events are highly uncertain. Terrorism risk models are limited in their ability to predict the frequency of events. As a result, some employers might have to get coverage in residual markets where higher premiums are charged. The higher cost of coverage could reduce incomes and economic growth, although the report said this effect would likely be small. And if TRIA expires and there is another terrorist attack, then businesses and taxpayers would likely finance workers' compensation losses within the state where the attack occurred, adding to the challenge of rebuilding. The Division of Workers' Comp has issued a notice of public hearing for proposed WCIS, or Workers' Compensation Information System Electronic Data Interchange Reporting Regulations. The Labor Code requires the Administrative Director of the DWC to develop a cost-efficient WCIS to accomplish four objectives. First, it must assist the DIR to manage the workers' compensation system in an efficient and effective manner. Two, facilitate the evaluation of the efficiency and effectiveness of the benefit delivery system. Three, assist in measuring how adequately the system indemnifies injured workers and their dependents and four, provide statistical data for research into specific aspects of the workers' compensation system. The statute requires that the data collected electronically by the WCIS be compatible with 
the EDI system of the International Association of Industrial Accident Boards and Commissions. The statute further directs the administrative director to adopt regulations specifying the data elements to be collected by EDI. The initial regulations implementing Labor Code Section 138.6 became operative on November 5, 1999. The regulations were amended in April 2006 primarily to require the electronic reporting of medical bill payment data. In 2010, the regulations were amended again to refine WCIS reporting by eliminating unnecessary data elements, adding relevant data elements, correcting errors in the text of the regulation, and adding lien payment data elements. Currently, claims administrators adjusting approximately 95% of all workers' compensation claims in the state are electronically reporting claim data to WCIS. The International Association of Industrial Accident Boards and Commissions is again updating its medical bill data reporting guidelines, moving from version 1.1 to release 2.0. Correspondingly, the California EDI Implementation Guide is being updated to be consistent with release 2.0. It is therefore necessary to also revise sections 9701 and 9702 of Title VIII of the California Code of Regulations. These proposed in certain regulatory definitions and in the data elements to be reported have been proposed to bring WCIS into compliance with the new IAIABC requirements. The notice and text of the regulations can be found on the proposed regulations page. And in medical news, Coventry Workers' Comp Services prepared a new 2013 first script drug transanalysis of workers' compensation prescription drug utilization. While the cost and utilization per workers' compensation claimant for narcotics have decreased 3.3%, the report concludes that the cost per prescription has increased by 5.3%. Here are a few trend highlights from this year's report. Claimants using narcotics across the first grip book of business have declined 9.1%. The top 10 drugs remained consistent. However, the top two most prescribed narcotics declined from 2012. Oxycontin, Vicodin and Opana ER had decreases in utilization and spend from the prior year. The number of narcotic prescriptions remained relatively flat in newer claims, demonstrating the ongoing effectiveness of early intervention programs. The cost per narcotic script decreased year over year for all claim years when normalized for inflation. Focused attention on decreasing narcotics resulted in utilization increases across adjuvant medications to support pain management. Average wholesale price increased 12.5% in 2013, the greatest increase in the past four years. Generic utilization and efficiency continued to improve. And anti-anxiety medications, antipsychotics, and sedative hypnotics all followed a similar pattern with decreases in costs and utilization per claimant and increases in cost per script. The top 10 medications by volume have remained consistent, but the two most prescribed narcotics, Vicodin and Percocet, continue to decline. 
Meanwhile, utilization of other drugs in the top 10, including Neurontin, Ultram, Flexeril, and Motrin, continue to increase. According to the analysis, OxyContin has decreased in utilization and spend since 2012 and makes up less than 2% of total utilization. And in financial news, California state average weekly wage climbed just under about 2.6% from $1,067 and to $1,095 in the last 12 months. The CWCI notes this will push the maximum temporary total disability rate for 2015 job injuries to more than $1,100 a week and boost other workers' comp benefits that are tied to changes in the state average weekly wage as well. California's current maximum TTD rate is $1,074 per week for 2014 job injuries. But the increase in the state average weekly wage will boost the weekly maximum to $1,103 for claims with injury dates on or after January 1st. The minimum weekly TTD rate is also tied to increases in the state average weekly wage. So the minimum will rise from the current $161 to $165 for claims with 2015 injury dates. The Institute has confirmed both the minimum and maximum TTD rates with the State Division of Workers' Compensation. Other benefits that will be bumped up include the TT rate paid two years or more after the date of injury, life pension and permanent total disability payments for injuries on or after January 1, 2003, and death claim installment payments. A CWCI bulletin with more details is available to Institute members and subscribers who log in at www.cwci.org. California continually audits the insurance industry looking for the most trivial of mistakes. Yet, ironically, the state office in charge of keeping track of California taxpayers' money made tens of billions of dollars in accounting mistakes last year. An audit of the California Treasury showed $31.65 billion were added up in errors. That's more than the GDP of Iceland and Jamaica combined. The audit revealed that federal trust fund revenues and expenditures were understated by $7.7 billion. General fund assets and revenues were overstated by $653 million. The California State University's bond debt was overstated by $8 billion. The Public Building Construction Fund was understated by $9.1 billion because of reporting errors. And there was also a deferred tax revenue figure posted as $6.2 billion when it was actually $6.2 million. Altogether, that adds up to more than $31 billion in mistakes. A Sacramento State accounting professor agrees with auditors saying those glaring mistakes should have been caught by somebody. A Republican consultant is calling for an investigation. The California Treasury Office says 
that all issues were corrected and identified before the final report was published and not one cent of taxpayer dollars was affected. And with that, that is all of our news and events for this week. Please check our website daily for news updates, past editions of our news, and much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and special reports using your iPhone, iPad, iPod, or Android device by searching for the WorkComp Academy with your podcast software. Again, I am Renee Foltz with Floyd, Scarron, and Kelly. Thanks for joining us today, and please drop by again next week for more news. <laughs>